0: Welcome to episode sixty-one of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Chicago SEAL goaltender Nick Haas. We talk why he chose to play in the USHL over the OHL, his sweet bower pads, and so much more. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Nick. Nick, how
1: you doing, bud?
0: Hey, how are you? Not bad, not bad. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing uh, school and practice is done for the evening.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just got back <laughs> from a couple hours ago.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, got to be interesting uh, playing junior hockey. You know, kind of yeah, you're living with the billet family, but in all essence, you're on your own, uh, and you yeah. still have to navigate high school and uh, you know, playing hockey at a level that is, um, you know, every day for the most part.
1: Yeah. It's definitely finding that balance of, uh, of everything. So it's pretty, a lot of time management. Yeah, definitely. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, you know, you're originally from New York. How'd you get started in the game?
1: Yeah. Um, when I started playing was right when like Miller and was on the Mm -hmm. Sabres and uh, they were pretty good at that point. So my dad took me to a lot of games. and uh, Watching Miller really got me into, the, into the hockey and wanting to be a goalie. So then I started playing um, Timbits basically as soon as I was able to. And my dad always said I kind of always drifted towards the net. I always stayed back <laughs> there. And then as soon as I was able to play goalie for a travel team, I did it. And uh, started playing AAA for a team called the Amherst Knights, which is like my hometown team.
0: I was going to ask, you know, what, what drew you to the net? Uh, But yeah, I I think a lot of us goalies, like, like you said, we're just naturally attracted to it. You know, there, there's no real explanation. It's just, that's where I belong.
1: Yeah, totally. Um,
0: You know, so, you know, you're growing up kind of, you know, as you said, going to Buffalo games. So kind of in the Buffalo area, uh, kind of that upstate New York, Buffalo area, that's kind of a, a sneaky big hockey area, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that, that team I originally played for had, you know, Trevor Kuntar played on it with me. Um, he was drafted by the Bruins playing at BC right now. Um, Alex Cicero was on that team. He's at Holy cross now. So there's a couple of us on that team, even from the very start that are all, you know, still on our journey, which is kind of cool to follow each other and keep in touch. Um, so yeah, I'd say there's a lot of there's a lot of good hockey players coming out of Buffalo right now, which is which is cool to see.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know there there's another uh, Buffalo hockey player in the Chicago area. You know, people know about too. Uh, yep. We're an '88.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Kane. Um, my goalie coach back home, uh, Brett Bennett, played with Kane and her for uh, for years and knows him really well. They're like best friends. Um, oh, cool! Still stay in touch all the time. You played on the. Um, the U S national team with them when they were growing up and stuff like that. So yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy. I haven't met him um, really much, but uh, I've heard he's a really good guy from people that, uh, that do know him, that I know. Yeah. And
0: I mean, growing up in Chicago and being a Hawks fan, you know, you look at Kane and his personality when he came into the league to, you know, what he is now, he's made that transition to uh, just kind of be in, almost Tom Brady-like with his training. Uh, I think some fans would be kind of shocked to find that out about him and that he's super serious about it, Uh, you know, and definitely somebody to to emulate your off-season habits after.
1: Yeah, I think that just shows how he's been able to stay in the league for so long. Guys Mm who who are like that, that take the off-season seriously and aren't just going home and, you know, screwing around all summer are the ones that keep – going and having great careers um later down in, in their careers in the NHL and stuff like that. So
0: absolutely. And you know, you, you mentioned something that uh you know, the the off season. I, I think a lot of young hockey players, you know, think that even at the, the lowest levels that they gotta play year round. were you a year round hockey player all the time or did you play other sports
1: too? Yeah, I was I was a baseball player. Um uh, my dad played division one baseball. So I kinda okay. grew up um with him pushing me with that. So I would normally start the summer playing baseball, get a break, which I think everybody needs. And yeah. then uh, play baseball for most of the summer. And then I'd say like midway through, I would start um, picking it back up with goalie sessions and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's a big thing for younger guys is, you know, getting in other sports and kind of testing their boundaries and in, in just sports in general. And I think it helps in the long run. Absolutely. And I,
0: I remember when I was coaching, you know, we had those multi-sport athletes and, you know, it was, we always welcomed it because, you know, baseball for a goalie, I mean, you're, you're catching a ball all the time. It's good for you. Yeah. And picking up the, the baseball on the delivery from the pitcher, it's all good stuff. Um, but even we, we had a few soccer players and we knew we could count on them late in the game if we needed fresh legs or, you know, they being a multi-sport athlete is so beneficial to kids, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the parents or what they think. Nope, we, we need them to play year round, only one sport. Um, you know, now if the kid makes that decision, that's another story.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I think, um I feel like that's been a more recent thing too. Yep. I feel like, um, like my dad always said, like when he was a kid, no one just played one sport. Um, and even when I was younger, like most of the people I'm friends with, always played different sports growing up too I think I feel like I've heard of that more recently of of kids sticking to one sport and kind of only doing that
0: yeah now I once I I played other sports growing up but once I found hockey I was like nope this is all I want (laughs) to do now but you know mom and dad it it was time to sign up for baseball they're like you want to play baseball almost like pushing me to play baseball I was like nope sign me up for summer hockey and they're like okay we won't put the sweatshirts away quite yet. <laughs> you know, it, it was always my, uh, um, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, my hockey is definitely, yeah. I mean, I'd say hockey was definitely like when they would ask me, I feel like I would always say like hockey was my favorite when they would ask, but, um, I did enjoy playing baseball a lot. I played it all the way up until, uh, um, senior year of high school. I played all the way up till there. So. So
0: that's almost a perfect transition because, you know, you're, you're playing this other sport and then somewhere along the way you get drafted to play junior hockey. But from my research, it wasn't just the USHL. You, you were drafted into multiple leagues. So what, what made you decide to go to the USHL and go to Chicago over the other options you had?
1: Yeah. So I played for um, the Buffalo Regals, my OHL draft year, and it, had some great hockey right over the border. Um, yeah. we played in the, um, SCTA, the Canadian league. Um, it was awesome. We didn't win much because the teams were <laughs> just ridiculous, but I would, I'd see like 50 shots a game and I, you know, I, I held the team to like three, four goals against, and we wouldn't score much on other teams, but it was just like a good, um, experience for me to kind of just face tons of shots and be, have mm-hmm. to stand on my head every game. Um, so I was drafted by the Gulf storm after that season. Um, and I went to camp. It was really cool experience. There's some great guys there. Um, and I had a ton of fun there and, you know, I was, I was always thinking about going to the OHL. Um, and then my dad and I kind of talked it over and I really wanted to play in college and Mm -hmm. get my degree and stuff like that. Um, so then I went to Salisbury school in Connecticut, um, which is a prep school and, uh, played there my junior and senior year. Um, that was a blast. One of the Best experiences of my life for sure. Um and then after my senior year, we won our championship. And then I was drafted by the Chicago Steel. Um, and then ultimately ended up here. Yeah, and I mean, it's no secret.
0: Chicago's got a great program there. I mean, the the win streak you guys had what was a year or two ago was just ridiculous. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, I can see why if, if they draft it, you wanna go and um at the same time was uh Coach Garmin still the goalie coach at the time when you started with the Steelers? Yeah, so last
1: year last year was my first year and uh um Coach Garmin was the goalie coach and yeah, he was awesome. We you know we'd have goalie sessions basically every day with him, which was something I'd never been able to do before. Normally, yeah. it's, you know, paying for your old goalie session. At Salisbury we'd have a guy come in once a week on a Sunday. So I never had that um, you know, someone watching over you and giving you pointers at all times. Yeah. Um, sort of thing and it was awesome and it, I could totally my game just went to a different level once I, I had that and um worked with him all last year and then he uh you know stepped up as the GM this year for the Steel. and uh coach Carl Popper came in from Minnesota he's the new goalie coach um same thing awesome guy learned so much from him so far this year it's been awesome
0: yeah I, I used to listen to um the goalie by Garmin podcast. I I love it because they're just short little bits and I I could listen to two or three on the way to a game. And so I have to ask, is he always that upbeat, like just drank a pot of coffee happy or, you know, does does he ever have a bad day?
1: (laughs) I think he's got to be one of the, the (laughs) happiest people I've ever met in my life. Every day you come to the (laughs) rink, he's got a smile on his face. He's ready to go. Um, He's buzzing out there. Once he gets on the ice, yeah, he's he's back checking in drills. He's awesome. And the, honestly, I, I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad day at the rink. Um, and at, how he is on the podcast is literally how he is in person. He's awesome.
0: Yeah, and you know I, I I can't imagine that having him as a GM and having another goalie coach. I mean, the goalies in the Chicago program moving forward are just going to be, um, you know, extra special because because of that goalie mentality from the top
1: down. Oh, totally. We're so lucky what we yeah. have here in Chicago. I mean, it's a world-class organization from what they do for the forwards, the defense, uh, down to the goalies. And they just do everything the right way. And uh, their just goal is to get everybody better. And they don't care what they have to do to bring in people to make sure you get that uh, that treatment for everybody.
0: And I think that's something that has really um, made that organization stick out is you know junior hockey for some organizations it's about wins they want to win and look good but you know chicago's really made it about player development and moving players on uh which unless you're playing pro hockey that's the name of the game is player development um
1: You know, Mm -hmm. so I I think
0: they've really set themselves apart with that development side of things. And we're starting to see that in the NHL draft, seeing more guys come out of Chicago. Um, Yeah, I think,
1: uh, you know, just the results we've had the last couple of years um, since they started this whole development has just proven how uh, important that sort of uh, stuff is for players at, at this age. Well
0: and the uh the fans in the area are starting to pick up on it too and I, I know from uh talking to some friends back home uh you know you're you're getting good crowds to come out to the games when when local restrictions allow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that <laughs> was was weird last year. That was such an interesting year um for basically the whole year until playoffs we there's no one in the in the crowd and it was such a weird you know, you, you had to really build your own um, like spirit out there on the ice. And there's, there's no fans cheering to get you going after a goal or um, on the power play or anything like that. And it was just so, so interesting how much we had to rely on one another to kind of build yeah. each other up during the games and stuff like that.
0: Well, and, and that's where probably Coach Garmin came in helpful, not just for the goalies, but the team, because so much of his message is the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure he, he had a thing or two to say to the team as a whole about the mindset with nobody in oh, yeah. the stands.
1: Yeah, he was uh you know, again and uh, that just shows like when we we're at practice and seeing him with a smile on his face just, you know, lightens the mood with everybody and just makes everyone want to go out there and work harder each day. And mm-hmm. So then when we're out there in the games, um we're the most prepared team in the league, I think, and um everyone just wants to be here and work hard.
0: Well, I I mean yeah, you guys were the most prepared team in the league last year. And you can say that because you guys were the champions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> n- nobody did it better than you. It's yeah. it's, it's that simple. Um, now, I, I want to transition a little bit. You, people kind of found you on social media a couple weeks back because of your sweet set of Bauer pats. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just killer. But I, I want to know, how much input do you have – in the design of the pads and your mask at the junior level is it more team led and manufacturer led or do you have any say in what's going on these things
1: yeah no chicago basically gives us free range on whatever we want to do with our equipment so like my masks when i design them i normally like sit down for a couple hours and i just print out templates <laughs> templates of uh, just clear blank um, goalie masks and just go yeah. through and design my own helmet um I'll make a bunch up and then just kind of choose my favorite one um and then I just send that to my painter um and then uh with the with the pads I had uh, like an idea of what I wanted to do um I wanted that like steel look on it um yeah. have the skyline um so I just basically told the power guy my ideas and then he put it together and made like a bunch of different designs and I just got to choose whatever one I want so yeah at our, at our level we it's basically like the NHL where you can just choose whatever you want. Um, and they, they let you do it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I nowhere near pro I, I'm, you know, division, you know, ID league beer league, but I, I was able to, uh, kind of do the same thing with my pads. I just got of you know, design what I want and yeah, I knew some of the right people to get what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but mo- most, most people don't have that luxury, uh, which which is unfortunate, but you know, with Bauer, th- that is becoming uh, a possibility for, you know, your, your rec league goalie, or even your youth goalies that, you know, if you're willing to pay a few more bucks, you can work with their designer and yeah. get whatever your heart desires. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, that that's the, one of the best parts about being a goalie is that stuff. And I feel like that's what draws a lot of younger kids into becoming a goalie is, you know, designing their gear yeah, stuff like that. And, uh, Last year, like when when I met with the uh, our equipment manager Parker Hoffman, um, I got off the phone with them after ordering all my gear, and my dad <laughs> turns to me and goes, "That was the greatest day of my life, not having to pay for it anymore."
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine. My, my dad always joked, why couldn't have you stuck with soccer? Because I, I played soccer in like <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, he was like, why couldn't you have stuck with soccer? I would have brought you a new pair of cleats every year, top of the line. But no, uh, <laughs> you know, and to my wow. credit, like I shoveled sidewalks and went out to save money to buy my own stuff whenever I could. But still, yeah. like dads, it wasn't until college that I was buying my own, you know, true set of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I can imagine how happy your dad was, yeah. uh, not having to fork that one, even
1: sticks, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, that, 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 alone, being able to, oh God, uh, go, to the, go to the equipment room and just grab a new twig versus, uh, go down to the pro shop and drop a few hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, you know, we alluded to it a little bit, uh, you know, that, that not just you, but a lot of junior hockey players, you're still going to school. Um, but, you know, going to high school is one thing and playing high school hockey, but you guys are going on the road sometimes for several days at a time. How does the team work with the local schools to make sure you guys are staying on top of things and, you know, not falling behind because players like yourself are, you know, have aspirations to play college hockey to where you have to keep those grades up.
1: Yeah, actually, since I've been here, I haven't been in school, so I haven't had to deal with it. But um I, the team does do a really good job. We'll, we'll have study halls um for the players that are in high school and uh it's like uh during the day after one of our workouts they'll go down there and there's a tutor in there helping guys out. Um so it's really they're really good about it um making sure they're staying on top of guys to make sure they don't fall behind because you know it could be easy not actually oh, going yeah. to class in person. Um so I know like, talking to the guys that are still doing school right now that they said it's it's super, super easy. And um, they're just watched over to make sure stuff's going submitted and stuff like that when it needs as to be. I
0: say, and I read somewhere, uh, I know the NAHL, but it's, it sounds like more and more of the junior leagues are going with online schools so that when you guys are on the road, you know, you don't have to worry about missing class. You can, as long as you got a Wi-Fi signal, you, you know, you, you can still go to class and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, the guys—they um, all do online. Um, it also makes it easier. Just like our schedule during the days is mm-hmm. so long that I don't think it would really work too well if guys were in class, like had to go to actual school. Um, yep. So the online definitely makes it easier for all the guys to just be able to do it whenever and wherever they are.
0: Yeah, I remember going into my senior year of high school. I um, I tried out for a junior team that was uh, starting up in Chicago in a league that uh, didn't make it past the first year, and. Okay it was trying to figure it out with my high school of, you know, how can I still get my senior year in mm-hmm. and still play, you know, cause we are going to have 6am practices at uh, Bensonville arena. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, all right. And I grew up, you know, on the South side. Uh, so it was like, okay, it's about a 45 minute drive to the rink. And okay. You know, my, my principal was like, well, we'll make sure you have study hall first period, but it was, you know, kind of trying to figure all of that out. And then I, I did make the decision just to play high school hockey my senior year. I'm glad I did because like yeah. you said, the the team in the league didn't make it through the first year. And that would have <laughs> been a bummer to miss out on the senior year of high school hockey because of yeah. that.
1: Yeah. That's what I did too. I played my senior year at, at Salisbury and I was so happy I did. It was just so you know, much fun at that school. Um, you know, we all, it was a, it was a boarding school. So all the guys lived on campus and you're with your team 24 seven eating, eating every dinner and meal together yeah fun so yeah I
0: I, I can imagine um you know thinking about the other teams in the USHL I mean you're pretty lucky to be in Chicago just from a food aspect uh you know like places like Green Bay and whatnot like they
1: they don't have the food you guys do uh so what what are the places you like to go eat at there's some there's a lot of good options here like you're saying um there's a really good, uh, brick oven pizza place that a lot of the guys like called Giamia. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. My billets have had me try, uh, the famous like portillo's here. Yeah. Um, beef sandwich. That's been awesome. I've tried the deep dish. It's pretty good. Um, my dad was actually from Chicago when he was born. So oh, okay. we have family here. So last year I lived with my aunt. Um, Oh, very which, cool. Yeah. Which was cool. And you know, they were showing me around all the cool places too. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, those those couple of places have been really good that I've tried that are yeah. well known in Chicago.
0: Well, if you're down in the Midway Airport area, you got to go to Vito and Nick's for pizza. Uh, Barcel went yeah. there and did their pizza review, and I know Portnoy's not a thin crust guy, but even he was like, "All right, th- th- this stuff is good." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna but have yeah. to check it out. Yeah, Vito and Nick's. Uh, everybody knows about it. A lot, a lot of Southsiders like call it Nick and Vitos because N becomes before V in the alphabet. Uh, but yeah, that. That, that was the place I went to growing up.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. When I uh, fly home for Christmas, I'm, I'm going to be going to Midway. So maybe I'll swing by and get a slice I catch the flight.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not, not too far from there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's in the area. Um, so right. I, uh, <laughs> moving along, right. Uh, I, I was reading, doing my research and I see that you have committed to Colgate for a college hockey. So, yeah. you know, you, you're doing what you had planned of going on and continuing your education what made you choose colgate
1: yeah um so being from buffalo it's it's not too far and i've been really far from home for the last 4 years now yeah so part of it was just making it easy to be able to have family come see see me play finally and um and another part of it was is uh you know when i i was younger i went to a camp there and just fell in love with the campus it's beautiful there um they have a really new rank that looks awesome and then like the last part was kind of my goal for playing college hockey was to be able to go to like a college that maybe I wouldn't have been able to get into if it wasn't for hockey mm-hmm. and um Colgate's um academics are just high class and yeah I was gonna say arena. it's yeah. it's
0: not uh, like picking Mankato State or St. Cloud uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where they, they literally if you have a pulse they're gonna let you in yeah. uh you know Colgate you picked a school where you know they definitely put the student before the athlete there
1: totally yeah and that was just a big thing for me um I just wanted to go to somewhere where you know my life after hockey I would have really good opportunities um with and the alumni network from Colgate is one of the best in the world apparently so um it was a bunch of reasons why but those are just a couple of them
0: So if if you have your sights set on a good academic school and you get in, uh, what are you planning on majoring in?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like finance. um, A lot of my family does that. Um, My grandfather's a financial planner and that's kind of something I've been interested in. Um, And I know a lot of, a lot of the Colgate alum do that too. So it was uh, another, another reason why I I was, uh, once Colgate started knocking, I was really interested Oh well, that perfect, you know it's
0: and exciting that it's closer to home too, so yeah totally um, you know ho- hopefully it's not the uh the final chapter of competitive hockey for you, but just yeah. the next one, but uh e- either way, it sounds like you're setting yourself up to be successful regardless yeah, uh, w- which is smart and i I think a lot of you know kids that are playing you know high school junior, and even uh, some college hockey they're not looking at it that way. They're just mm-hmm. trying, trying to uh, make it pro and not even thinking about life after pro hockey. Cause I, I've known yeah. a few guys that did play pro hockey and the last year or two. And then they're like, what do I do? What do I do now? I, I never finished high school cause I was playing junior hockey, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I don't have an education. I don't have any skill yeah. Uh what, what do I do now?
1: Yeah. And that was one of the main reasons again, why I kind of didn't go the OHL route um, Mm -hmm. just because a lot of the guys like you don't get drafted. And then what you go and you go to like a state school and you're just playing club basically at that point. Um, So that was why I I think like, especially for goalies, the NCAA route I think is the best one because it Mm -hmm. gives you so much more time to develop. Like uh, if I was in the OHL, this would be my last year before I'd have to sign a pro contract to keep going where now I have four more years in college hockey to, keep getting better and just um, find more opportunities. And you're starting to
0: see a bigger focus on college hockey too at the pro level, because they're seeing the polished hockey player coming out of the NCAA, Um, you know, which is, is an American nice to see, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, all right, we're starting to do something. The Canadians can't because they, I mean, they have college hockey there, but it's,
1: it's not the same
0: no it 's kind of like a c h a hockey here for the most part, yeah um, you know so it it's nice to see that it, it's getting the attention it should mm-hmm. um, and it, it's crazy because I played Division three hockey, and Division three hockey today is nothing like what i played um yeah. i I think my alma mater, the youngest player on the team this year is twenty one.
1: <laughs> The, the the difference between d three and d one is is so many people say is, is so slim now yeah um it it's crazy i mean there's some there's some d three um teams that pull huge crowds and it's an mm-hmm. awesome environment um one of my buddies that i know plays at Geneseo and i know they get some big crowds there and, and they he loves playing there um yeah and it's like basically the same sort of atmosphere and i feel like a lot of people frown upon division three so much when uh, uh, in reality, like, you can go to really good schools um, and play D3 and play some really great hockey, too.
0: Oh, yeah, up here, in the uh, it's called the MIAC, the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Conference. I mean, there's just some awesome hockey every weekend, because I forget oh, how yeah. many teams there are, but there, there's plenty of them, and routinely, you know, there's MIAC teams atop the national standings. It's usually, you know, the MIAC, and then, you know, what is it, uh, Middlebury, and yeah RPI, yeah you to. know they're usually up there and every now and then you get one of the wisconsin schools usually yeah. superior uh but there it's yeah. just it's amazing hockey um but everybody still wants to go d1 you know m- most goalies i talk to they, they want to play one game at yost arena <laughs> 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 you know it's like there's just those, those things y- you want to do and uh oh, totally. you know you got you got to shoot for it right yeah um Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest snowbrainer brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single-point score. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, you must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, you know... I was going to ask this question because of the uh, junior hockey part of it, you know, moving away from home at a younger age than most kids, but you did it even sooner going to prep school. Um, That's not easy. Uh, Even when kids go to college, you know, they, they get that homesickness. How have you handled, you know, moving away essentially at such a young age and becoming independent at such a young age? Was it hard were were there, uh, hiccups along the way?
1: Yeah. You know, I thought, um, growing up, I felt like I was always a, like a fairly independent person as it was. Yeah. Um, so like once I started talking to the prep schools and kind of realizing that was the route I wanted to go, I was, I was pretty excited to leave. Um, and then, you know, once I did, it made it really easy just because of the atmosphere of Salisbury, um, it's an all boys school Mm -hmm. and, you know, they always say it's a brotherhood and it, it totally is. Um, some of my best friends that uh, like I still talk to them all the time are from that school. And I felt like that made it an easier transition. Um, like the first day I stepped on campus, I met two of my best friends um, to this day. Yeah. And uh, so that, that definitely made it easier for me is just, you know, living with them and stuff like that. And I, I know it was hard on my mom for sure. <laughs> uh, it took two, two years out of uh, me being home with her um, short. So I know, I know she was pretty upset, but wanted me to go and, you know, pursue what I wanted to, um, accomplish. And, um, my dad was excited for me to, to move on to this, you know, new, um, new chapter. And, uh, and then they, they came and visited a lot, which helped too. Um, yeah. they'd come to games when they could and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought I, I thought I handled it pretty well. Um, I know some people like that, I, that I know that tried it, didn't do well and ended up just giving up and heading back home. But, um, I think definitely going to that prep school was a was a big help with uh with moving away.
0: it's funny you mentioned mom not handling it well because I've been I moved out twenty-two years ago. Yeah. And my mom still hasn't forgiven me. Uh you know, they've <laughs> even moved out of Chicago and she's like, You left me. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you know, like you said, your dad, he he was happy for you and excited, but if he's really honest he would be like, yeah, I, he, he felt as much sad. as your mom, but yeah. he he saw it for what it was, the great opportunity um, mm. that it is for you, um, cool. which is awesome. Uh, you know, but so th- you're going to Colgate next year. You guys won the championship last year. How's the team looking this year in what will essentially be your final year of junior hockey
1: yeah, we're looking really good. Um, we've had a hot start again. Um, you know, the Chicago way is having all these young guys, um, which is which is weird for the USHL especially. Most of the teams are all, you know, older guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, I'm one of the, the oldest guys on this team right now. And it, it's, it's just crazy how well these younger guys can just step up as soon as they get into this league. And it just shows like how well Chicago is at drafting young talent and just – kinda seeing how they're gonna perform later. And um so I I think the team is is awesome this year. It's uh I think we'll have a really good shot again and um I hope uh we just keep playing well like we have been.
0: Yeah. Now I I meant to ask this earlier. So last year you stayed with your aunt, but this year you're with the Billet family. Yeah. Um is your aunt mad at you? Or
1: You know, oh, yeah. so they did it last year and then they wanted to do it again, but they had just got this new, um, big mobile home and they were, oh, they, were okay. they were, uh, they were going to do it last year. And then because of COVID, the, the it never got delivered. During oh. the year. Um, so this year it got delivered. And they were really bummed that they weren't going to be able to do my last year too, but, uh, I travel more and I totally understood. And I, so yeah, I still see them all the time. Whenever they're in town, I go over for a dinner and stuff like that.
0: yeah that that, that's probably made the um you know being away from home a little bit easier is having some family close by because I know me living in Minnesota like I've got you know one of my dad's cousins lives 10 minutes from me I you know and uh some other second cousins live nearby so it's like yeah they're not the family you necessarily grew up with but they're they're still family and it just kind of gives you a little bit of that uh sense of home in a way
1: yeah and it was such a cool thing because i I never really saw this side of the family very much yeah um, until i played here and it was it was just cool to you know grow so close with this side now and it, it'll be people I'll, I'll keep in touch with the rest of my life um and so it was, it was cool with that respect of it where i didn't really know them too well and now i can't imagine not knowing them. so yeah
0: that that's awesome So I want to be uh, respectful of time because we've been going for about a half hour now. And uh, if Mm -hmm. you've listened to any of the episodes, I got a list of 10 rapid fire questions that usually take about a half hour (laughs) because (laughs) they, they, they lead into more, more stories. And the first one is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days?
1: Oh, you know, the craziest coaching moment was when I was on the Regals and uh, we got blown out both games in the, in the weekend. And uh, it was the classic next day of practice. We didn't touch a puck the entire (laughs) practice and uh, skating the whole time. And I'd never had a coach actually do that to us. It was always like they threatened it in the first, like, you know, 10 minutes you wouldn't touch a puck and then they'd eventually bring him out. This coach, we did not touch a puck that entire practice. I don't think we stopped skating. So That's probably gotta be the craziest one um, that I've experienced so far. Yeah, in college, my coach tried doing that to
0: us. Uh, and I say tried because we had like a Friday game or something, or I don't remember why, but we were going to have a Saturday practice because I, I was a four-year JV All-Star in college. yeah. And we were going to have a Saturday practice for some reason because we didn't have a game. And we knew it was going to be a bag skate because we had the extra ice time. Yeah. But because we didn't have a game on Saturday, Friday was Friday night for us. (laughs) And we showed up to practice. I shouldn't say we because I didn't. But uh, most of the boys showed up to practice the way you would on a Saturday morning after a Friday in college.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And
0: it was about 10 minutes into skating where the coach just, he's like, just practice is over. Go home. (laughs) <laughs> and we're, he's like, you guys smell like a brewery. I should have known better. Just go. And like a couple of us didn't go out Friday night because, and we're like, well, can you we still stick, can we stick around and, you know, like play uh, rebound or what? And he's like, I don't care what you do. I'm going home.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I've never, that was the first coach that actually did what he thought he was going to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask?
1: Ooh. Oh, let me think about this one. There's some good ones. Um, hmm, I got to say, oh. you know what one I really liked that I feel like people don't really talk about too much. Ryan Miller is when he went to St. Louis with the guitar on the side. Um, yep. I don't know what it was about that one, but I, I loved that mask. I thought it was so cool.
0: Yeah, it, it, as a Hawks fan, I just can't appreciate it. <laughs> um, but it, it was a nice design. You know, I, I always say it about Curtis Josephs. You know, everybody loves Cujo's uh, dog masks, and they were cool. But I think his yeah. coolest mask was that original one in St. Louis that um, uh, I think Bennington recreated with, you know, the notes on the yeah. side and the trumpets. Yeah. Like, that was just a sweet design of a mask.
1: Okay.
0: Um, yeah, but. I know when you're talking about for Miller, I always liked his ones in Buffalo with kind of that stylized yeah. Buffalo on the top, yeah. which is those red
1: sparkly eyes. It was a good uh, one. It just it never really got changed. So yeah. eventually it was just like the same thing every year, but it was, it was such a cool design how they incorporated the whole Buffalo head into the helmet. Yeah. Another one that I forget who the goalie was, but you know, the San Jose, the shark one from way yeah. back. That was yep. a cool one. I forget yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: th- that was a Don Strauss design on the armadillo, of Brian Hayward. Um, and then when Hayward went back to, I think it was a Chevrolet masks, kept oh. the same design. Um, but yeah, that, that was an original Don Strauss design. Um, I only know that cause I had him on the podcast and he talked about it. <laughs> he, he drew it, he drew it up on a uh, cocktail napkin when he saw the, uh, sharks jerseys, uh, revealed at a uh, trade show. Really? Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the the next question, what's your favorite rink that you've played at?
1: Um, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I love that arena. Really? So bright. They have the camera angles from like everywhere. So it's cool. Like when you make a big save, you get to see it like, like it's the NHL. Yeah. Um, and I've always played well there. So that's probably one of my favorites. I like Dubuque too. A lot of guys don't like Dubuque because the ice is kind of hard and it, it messes up your skates. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got to get them done before practice the next day because you're not going to be able to move, but um, another like, you know, bright, bright rank. Um, and again, I played well there too. So I, I like those two a lot.
0: So my brother-in-law played in the USHL. Uh, he, he was a fighter. Um, if we're being honest and I think it was, he was playing for either Lincoln or Omaha at the time and had a game in Dubuque. So my in-laws and my wife went down for Mm -hmm. the game and as the story has been told virtually every Christmas and holiday get together, um, my brother-in-law's team is just winning. So, you know, when they score my in-laws, they would stand up and just politely clap and my, and there were a couple inebriated high school students behind them that weren't liking it too much. And so after one of the goals, this kid pushes my father-in-law and my father-in-law is not a small guy. He grew up on the iron range, you know, yeah. on a farm. And, and he, he didn't have it still doesn't have a very um, long fuse we can say, but I'm told he, he handled himself well, looked at the kid and said, don't do that. Yeah. And and my wife, as she tells the story, she goes, and I'm sitting there going, oh, please don't do it again. Just don't <laughs> do not do this. Well, the kid does it again and then starts throwing punches. Well, now the, the brawl starts. And my father-in-law is taken on like four or five inebriated high school kids. My mother-in-law, as my wife says, is just in their pinching ears. Um, <laughs> one guy went to punch my wife who was like 14, 15 at the time, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And one of the Dubuque fans is like, oh, no, you don't. Uh, yeah. So then the cops come and start breaking everything up. They're ready to haul my in-laws away. But the other Dubuque fans are like, no, they are just, you know, protecting themselves. those kids started it and everything else. And yeah. so af- after the game, they're waiting by the bus to say hi to my brother-in-law. And, you know, the guy started walking to the bus. I'm like, and Did you guys see the brawl in the stands? And my father-in-law has gone... Now I was uh, kind of busy at the time, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anytime Dubuque comes up in in the uh, household that, that story always comes up <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah um, so what's your favorite stick that you've ever used?
1: ooh um my the coolest one I ever had was when I was way younger i had this warrior stick that had this like motorcycle girl painted on it oh Um, i
0: remember that one
1: i had that one i thought it was the coolest thing ever um but like the best like i don't know performance um i like the bauer one i have right now the uh ultrasonics so that's so light and um i had ccm last year and they were breaking all the time and i haven't even broken a bauer one yet um so i these are probably my favorite ones performance wise but that warrior one was definitely my favorite
0: yeah out. i remember those early early warrior sticks they had some goofy designs on them oh,
1: yeah. and uh I had with some bird on it too i forget it was like a roadrunner or something on it um, yes
0: i remember that one yeah i i'm due for a new stick and i'm thinking i might bite the bullet and move away from the foam core sticks yeah. um it and the, the warrior and the bowers are kind of getting the the best reviews from the different goalies I talked to for the durability and for a cheap guy oh, like me that, that that's key. But everybody I talked to about the bower, you know, they just say it it just holds up. And like you said, you haven't broken one yet this yeah. year, and, which is pretty uh,
1: crazy. Last year, by this time, I'm pretty sure I broke like eight CCM. So yeah, uh, yeah, the bower awesome. And it's crazy how well the, how durable they are because of the um, sign on the back how skinny it is yeah it's crazy that they
0: don't break you yeah I, I remember when i was in college we were still using wood sticks and i think it was about every other week i would probably break a stick which is why i wound up building a coffee yeah. table out of all my broken sticks after the one season
1: <laughs> I, I to
0: do like yeah i i just don't ha- get the sticks these days to uh build anymore so uh, otherwise i'd still be doing that <laughs> yeah.
1: I always wanted to do one of those chairs, um, like the Adirondack chair with the sticks. Yeah. Where they use the goalie paddles as the uh, armrests. Yeah. I just don't have enough in my garage.
0: I'll have to send you the uh, picture of the coffee table I built. Because yeah, um, you have the access to the you know broken goalie sticks. The, the key is if the blade breaks, that, then you can use the, the stick yeah. for, for it. Because you need the whole paddle for the most part. Um, which I mean, my six is, it, it was usually the blade where it broke or, you know, somewhere in the, I was using Christian sticks So sometimes it was the heel, just soaking in too much water and that, yeah. then it would break there. But yeah, you need that, that full paddle to, to make a, a good chair or table. Um, Interesting,
1: talking about the, the heel, the stick, once I went to Chicago, like my sticks all growing up where they would break is right where you're talking about at that heel. Yeah. I, When I got to Chicago and we get like the pro stock or whatever it is that never breaks anymore. It's always just the, uh, um, the top part. That's where it breaks now. I don't know what in the shaft. Yeah. I don't know what's different. Um, between like the stock ones and the, the pro ones. I don't, I don't know if it's a different material or something, but the, the ones I've had while here, they never break in the the heel. It's weird.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And it, it probably is. It's just difference in materials or the amount of material used down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would make sense. It makes me feel even better about, uh, getting my neck sick from pro sock hockey. <laughs>
1: yeah. I bet I'm doing that.
0: yeah. Um, so what is your favorite youth hockey memory?
1: Um, probably, uh, when I was at Salisbury, uh, went into the, the prep championship. That's, that's probably gotta be my favorite one. That was, that was just so cool. It was actually, um, which is pretty crazy. The last um, like championship game or something like that played in North America before the world shut down because of COVID. So we we got it in like day before the world shut down. It was, it was pretty crazy. You
0: know, it's funny you say it because I remember that weekend too because the uh, Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament was going on that weekend. Yeah. And they have the big Let's Play Hockey Expo and I take my boy to that every year um, more so so that I can go see everything uh <laughs> yeah. and like you know my uh, beer league season was already shut down at that point and you know we were kind of like are they going to get this tournament in are they yeah. going to have the expo and they had it you know on a you know friday saturday deal and then i want to say monday the yeah. world shut down i mean yeah i, I re- we saw things were kind of coming to ahead so we we did a quick trip to the wisconsin dells with the kids and what? um it, it was funny because we didn't know that it was lgbt weekend at the wisconsin dells uh so we're like okay cool we're like the only like traditional family here at the water oh. park today but didn't matter we were all going down the same water slides but it was like okay <laughs> didn't see that on the, uh, on the <laughs> yeah um so yeah, I, I know what weekend you're talking. It's uh, yeah. it etched in my memory. <laughs> um so what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the
1: ice, uh in the locker room? <laughs> Oof. I feel like most of them you can't even say on, on a on a show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's see. I don't know, my favorite. My favorite one is like when uh, someone, one of the guys on the team will get chirped and then they'll just say the most random possible thing they can think of back. And the guy just doesn't know what to say. It's hilarious. Yeah, Um, I can't think of an actual chirp that probably is my favorite, but that's one of my favorite things is when someone on my team does that back to a guy that's chirping them. It's Just funny, like their, their reaction to whatever they say back is just hilarious.
0: Yeah. It's, it's always funny when it's just kind of that random out of nowhere, like doesn't even make sense where it's, it just shuts somebody up. It's like,
1: yeah, exactly. What,
0: what does that even mean? I, I, that's why I think my son will be really good at chirping. He's a baseball player, but they still chirp on the uh, ball field because he just says the dumbest stuff. <laughs> you know, where yeah. there's so many times I look at him, it's like, <laughs> what are you even saying? Like, why? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to. Hope- Go on. one skills coach. Oh, but yeah. Well, our one skills coach loves messing with the goalies. So, you know, every time I step out on the ice, it's uh, Oh, did you bring your sunblock out here for today in practice? And always, he's always chirping, chirping us, getting us going in practice, which is pretty funny. I, I
0: liked that, uh, interview that Fleury was given. I think it was this week. He was talking about, uh, sometimes when I don't remember if it was Taves or Kane would be talking to yelling at Jimmy Waite saying fix your goalie he's broken <laughs> when they're you know out at practice it's like okay yeah. th- th- that's a goal good one fix your goalie yeah. I-, I I remember when I had uh David Hutchinson on of uh in goal podcast okay. and yeah. uh he he said one of his son's goalie coaches looked at him and said you must be really good at dodgeball <laughs> <laughs> I was like "Ooh, that that that's a good one I like is- that one too you know but to, to me th- those are the best ones where it's like it's funny but it's not super personal or anything yeah, it's just like
1: anybody and you're not gonna hurt someone's feelings like
0: yeah it, unless you know the player really well and then then you can get personal because you know yeah. they can take it exactly. <laughs> Uh which is probably why the chirps from the teammates are probably the worst ones because well, they know funny. what they can get away with Um so I'm, I'm gonna amend the next question because I usually ask what's The worst post-game beer but um (laughs) uh what's the worst post-game beverage you've had
1: Mm, um i don't know i I guess i got i don't know i'd say the worst meal was uh when we were in salisbury we'd always get this pizza from this one place um and it just wasn't at all my favorite so you know it was I'd get out of a game super hungry and then have to go eat this pizza that I hated. Didn't sit well, yeah. Well, so that that'd probably be a food. I don't know about the drink. Um, probably something hot, like a hot chocolate after a game. Probably wouldn't be too good. Yeah, you're so uh, so hot and sweaty. Yeah, that that's not
0: a good post game beverage. That's for sure. So when you tape your sick eagle, heel the to toe or toe to heel? I go heel to toe. Okay, all right. Most goalies that I've talked to go heel to toe. There's a few. Um, I've had two different goalies refer to them as psychopaths. So there must be something true to it. Um, <laughs> but that they go toe to heel. And uh, one of them that said he does is because he plays the puck an awful lot. And she just likes the way the puck comes off the uh, tape that way. I go, okay, well, I don't play the puck because uh, I'm not good at it. And fact, two weeks ago, I uh, came out to play the puck early, early in the game. Hadn't even had a shot yet. And I have new gloves. Yeah. So I haven't really broken in the glove yet to really feel comfortable playing the puck, but I still tried it. And rather than going past the opposing player, it went right to his stick and he just went right into the open net. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I just kind of put my hands up and laughed and my teammates were like, you haven't broke those new mitts in yet, have you? It's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then this week we had a uh, playoff game and puck comes down. I could have easily come out and stopped it. And my one defense was yelling, stay in the net, stay in the net. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I learned from last week.
0: Yeah, it, and it happened to be the same team that the other one happened against. So it's just kind of fitting that he's like, no, you stay where you're at. It's like, <laughs> message received
1: um so what's your favorite number to wear and why it was always 30 because of miller um and then when i got here it wasn't available so i went with 35 um that was the all mark was when he was the goalie at that point um i liked it better than like one or um 31 so i went 35 while i've been here but growing up it was always 30 yep i
0: i was 30 at the younger ages too then i get to high school and Thirty wasn't available, so I went to thirty-five too. And I don't know; I, oh, yeah. I just I liked thirty-five. It just it felt right on my back.
1: I think um, I'm probably gonna stick with it. I like the look of it with the
0: yeah, like you real know, numbers. It, it's an old school goalie number that you just don't see many young goalies wearing anymore. So I yeah, no, I like it. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I think I'm definitely sticking with it. Um, hopefully, no one has it at Colgate. But I don't think I think uh, I think Islander, who's there right now, is thirty-one. I think but I don't think it has 35 so good
0: yeah I it then of course when I went to college one of the upperclassmen had 35 so I had to change again so I then I went to 39 and <laughs> that's the worst thir, 39 kind of felt the same as world 35 world. on the back so I'm still yeah. 39 because it, it it fits my style of play uh <laughs> that's happening still. Oh. Yep. Yeah.
1: That was when I, I actually wanted to go 39, but we didn't have that as an option here. So that's why I went thirty-five. But I was thirty-nine um on one of my spring teams when I was growing up. I actually liked that number a lot too.
0: Yeah, I, I like it. And it was funny because people are like, Well, why why did you switch 39? It's like it was the biggest jersey in the cabinet, you know, and yeah. goalies like big jerseys. So and what even better, what I liked about the jerseys, I hate goalie cuts because that those sleeves kind of like end here. And yeah, I, yeah. I hate that. I, I yeah. like the longer sleeve. And this one it was it looked like a 12 man tent. It was just <laughs> huge, but it still had the longer sleeves that went in my gloves. It's like, this is just perfect. Um, you know, and I, I've worn it ever since I've actually toyed with maybe going back to 35 next time we get jerseys, but I'm like, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. Yeah. 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 So the, the last question is what advice do you
1: have for young goalies? I'd say not worrying about what team you're on growing up. Um, When I was younger, I didn't really normally play for the best team, um, Mm -hmm. which I think ultimately helped me in the long run face even more shots. I think when you're younger and you're on the best team and you're getting like 10 shots a game, it's not doing you any good. So um, I'd say not to worry about that type of stuff when you're younger and just just have fun and just keep working hard and um, in goalie sessions and that type of stuff because that's what really matters when you're younger. Um, And uh, if you stick with that, it'll give you the best chance for when you're older to be on the better teams. So.
0: Yeah, that's great advice because I was never on good teams. My high school—I've told the story before—and league play, we went uh, one twenty-eight and one. My freshman and sophomore year combined. Yeah. Um, you know, I was seeing fifty, sixty shots a game. But it, you know, as I've told some younger goalies, is play for the the bad teams because you're going to get those shots. You're going to get that natural development, and totally. you know you might not have scouts coming to watch you, but they're going to come to watch the teams you're playing against and they're going to see you. Um, You know, if you're good enough, they're going to see you because they're going to come and watch. They might be coming to watch that goalie. Who's only getting those 10 shots a game against your team. Uh, And and they're going to notice you. Exactly. Yeah. That, so that, that's really good advice. Um, Where can folks follow you on social media if they want to follow you uh, this year and next year as you move on to Colgate?
1: Yeah. I have a, uh, I have Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think Instagram's Nick dot has underscore, and then Twitter's Nick has 2230. And I'll, I'll make sure to put both of those in the
0: show notes, uh, make it easy on goalies because we're not the smartest. We don't like to write things <laughs> down. Uh, we rather just click. Um, but, uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. You know, as we said, when we started, you know, you, you had a full day of practice already and, so <laughs> you're probably tired and ready to
1: chill out and watch some Netflix now. Yeah, I think that I had a ton of fun, though. It was a pleasure. Yeah.
0: It was fun talking to Nick. I was interested to find out why he chose the USHL over the OHL, a route I think most players would take given the option. Well, he wants to play hockey at the highest levels – he is clearly looking at the bigger picture of life and understands he needs to set himself up not just for that opportunity to play hockey at the highest levels, but also for life after competitive hockey. It's going to be fun to follow him and his Steel teammates this season, then keep an eye on him next year at Colgate. Be sure to follow Nick on social media at nick.haas, that's H-A-A-S underscore, on Instagram, and haas 2230 on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my Beer League Hockey video highlights, and, of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Washup Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast go listen to the blpa big show it's the og blpa podcast network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey draft experience shenanigans and exploits from around the game be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey related podcasts on the hockey podcast network as well there are too many lists here but shows like the euro puck podcast the 50 years ago in hockey Podcast, and the king's rome podcast can all be found I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
1: All I really want for Christmas are some brand new shoulder pads to protect me from the enemy, when he cross-checks me really badly. I would be irate, you'd expect me to retaliate, but to his surprise, i look him in the eyes and say, happy holidays. You know, Christmas time is a stressful time for all, balls packed, traffic. Family get together is way too out of hand. Pick-up is just way too crowded. And I know, I know, I know that you want to take your stick and wrap it over somebody's neck.